Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a really fun episode for you guys today. Uh, Currently, it is 10.51 my time, 9.51 Tommy's time. We are mere moments away, or mere moments from the Blues coming away with a 2-1 to victory over the Seattle Kraken and another come-from-behind victory. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we talked about Jordan Cairo being named to the All-Star team. And yeah, pretty much just uh, going live reaction off of the game that we both just watched. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it. But first, I want to thank anyone and everyone who is making Lockdown Blues your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, Tommy. So St. Louis Blues took on the Seattle Kraken tonight. First time the Kraken visited St. Louis. Uh, went up 1-0. And then the St. Louis Blues for the 13th time this season, which is ridiculous, um, had a come from behind victory uh, in similar fashion to Dallas. A little more spread out this time, but a two to one victory. Goals from Robert Thomas, your pick for lockdown player of the game, and Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, what do you like? What didn't you like? Initial reactions? Give me all of it. Uh, there's so many takeaways and narratives that we can go down for this game, right? Obviously, it's the homecoming for. Vince Dunn, 2019 Stanley Cup champion. I thought that was cool. Uh, Jordan Kyrou and Robert Thomas. Jordan Kyrou's already in the All-Star game. Robert Thomas could be voted into the All-Star game. So if you're if you're listening to this and haven't voted for Robert Thomas uh, to be in the All-Star game 10 times yet today, you need to go do that right now because I already did mine. Um, so that was awesome. Like you said, the Blues rallying in the third period, uh, coming back and scoring two goals to come away with the victory again was huge. I think the Blues are riding a four-game win streak now, if I'm not mistaken. But um, a lot of things to like here. I think, first of all, it was funny that uh, before the game, I don't know what reporter it was, but somebody asked Vince Dunn uh, if he was going to be booed tonight. And he said, boy, I sure hope not. And uh, lo and behold, he gets a standing ovation and a video tribute from the St. Louis Blues. And uh, they did a little zoom in on him while he was uh, doing circles and waving and clapping and stuff. And he looked a little misty-eyed. So. Uh, I don't blame him. There's a lot of fond memories of Vince Dunn in St. Louis, uh, whether you watch the streams, whether you watched him uh, play defense, whether you watched him in the Stanley Cup, um, I th- or whether you watched him at Wheelhouse. There was a ton of just great memories of the guy. And I, I, I tweeted it out uh, during the game, but I would be very surprised if he ever got booed in St. Louis and uh, ever returned to St. Louis to anything other than a round of applause. And I just, it was just a great homecoming from the guy. Yeah, um, unfortunate the goal for us tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunate that Jaden Schwartz uh, didn't get the video tribute, but I'm sure he'll get his in April. Uh, like we said, I think on the last episode, he's got a hand injury. That sounds like he'll be out like a month. Uh, so that's kind of disappointing that he didn't get to play, but uh, we got Vince done and we got the victory. So that's good as well. But, uh, the All-Stars, dude, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas showed up to play. And Robert Thomas, I feel like, had the A on his sweater. We need to talk about that, too, because I think that I think that speaks dividends to uh, what Craig Berube and what Doug Armstrong think of him, uh, especially in respects to the next wave of St. Louis Blues core, right? So if you've got Pareko out, Shen out, Perron out, Tarasenko out, all these leaders out, uh, who do you think is the next in line? Well. You could throw out a lot of names, but the coach and the general manager both decided on Robert Thomas, who's 
one of the youngest guys on the team. So, like I said, I, I think that speaks volumes of their opinion of him. Uh, not only their opinion of him, but his play on the ice uh, and the teammate that he is. So for him to go out uh, wearing the A tonight uh, and his first time wearing the A tonight and have the game that he did, I think he was the best player on the night uh, all night long, and he, he got a goal to show for it. So Yeah, it's crazy. Like Once he got that first goal, and it, it, it perfectly epitomizes why we just say, you know, shoot, 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 you know, because even if you don't have a Tarasenko-esque wrist shot, Sometimes you'll fire the puck on net, it'll hit a defender's stick, and you'll get a goal like he did with his first goal. And you could kind of tell that after that, um, he almost had another one. Like literally 30 seconds later, he really seemed like he was the most aggressive. Yeah, the most aggressive he's been all season um, in terms of shooting the puck was, you know, the, the time in this game after he scored that goal, um, which is awesome. You know, if we can unlock the the part of Robert Thomas that not only is probably the best passer on the team, um, and he can get some goals as well. It's going to do wonders because, you know, the fact of the matter is when you got a guy with what's now four goals and like 28 assists or whatever he's got, um, you know, opposing teams are going to look at the scouting report and say, all right, we can, we can play him a little bit closer. Um, or we could take the, you know, we could take the pass away because he's a guy that's, prone to pass a ton and you know the more he establishes that shot and the more he establishes himself as a goal scorer the more it's going to open up passing lanes for his teammates because uh opponents are going to have to start respecting his shot and respecting his ability to score as well as pass and it's going to make his uh assist numbers go up as well which again will just make his goal scoring numbers go up as well because he's going to have even more space it's it's a great domino effect that i hope was uh progressed tonight with his goal only his fourth goal of the season which is crazy to hear because he's everywhere on the ice every time he plays um it's great to see him get a goal tonight for sure another guy got a goal is pavel buchnevich with that power play goal um can't say enough good stuff about him uh he was needed that power play too power play was struggling all night long weren't getting a lot of shots on just playing uh playing the puck around the perimeter and trying to make uh, I think Luke Korak was tweeting it out all night long, but they were just making too many passes, trying to make the sexy goal instead of just throwing pucks on net. But uh, I think it was it was either the fourth or the fifth power play that the Blues finally had on the night. Uh, Buchnevich finds the back of the net, and uh, instead of going over, they got they got that one, and that that one is all they needed to win. Yeah, I think that goes hand in hand with what we were talking about in the Dallas game. Uh, just the never give up mentality. You know, it would have been really easy to look at that fourth power play if you're the Blues. Like, man, like we've really been off all night, like, and just think a little too much. Um, like we saw when the power play was struggling earlier in the season, not, not as much cycling, not as much puck movement, more so just guys trying to do it themselves. Um, and you know, that often comes, they are missing a lot of personnel on those units too. So yeah. to be fair. <laughs> no, yeah. I, 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 but I was, I was, uh, complimenting them in the sense that right. um, it would have been really easy to just sort of fall into some frustrated habits and and just try a little too hard. You know, you're playing a team like the Seattle Kraken, you're getting blanked uh, on the power play, a power play unit that's been at 32% over the last like 15 games uh, with all the adversity and injuries that they've had. It would have been very easy for the Blues to look at that new next power play time and just get frustrated with themselves. But they got back to their roots. It was pretty much the simplest power play scheme that they ran all night, yet it worked works wonders and we saw you know Buchnevich got a dirty greasy goal kind of a rebound sort of thing puck kind of you know stumbled onto his stick and Grubauer didn't know it was coming um was able to beat him you know it was one of those 
goals that I feel like is, you know, not pretty, but it's, it's so crucial to be able to score like that um, power play or not just, you know, constant effort, um, not giving up and it put the blues up to one and it gave them their, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, their 13th come from behind victory this season, which I want to uh, pose a question to you, Tommy, at the start of the second segment, but I'm going to save that. So if you want to hear us talk about the blues come from behind victories and all that, stay tuned and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So tonight the St. Louis blues came back from a one zero deficit against the Seattle Kraken for another come from behind victory. Their second in a row. Uh, it is their 13th come from behind victory of the year, which is exciting. And then you look at their win totals and you realize, huh, 13 come from behind victories, 22 total victories. That means they're coming from behind in more than 50% of their wins so far this season. Does that concern you or is that something that excites you knowing that down the line, you know, they're never really going to be out of games because at this rate, they're coming, they're coming back from deficits more than 50% of the time. That's a good question. Um, I think... I think something else we need to take into consideration here is, I forget what the statistic is, but I think more than half of their games on the season, the Seattle Kraken uh, did not were not the team to score first. So, like their opponents scored first on them more than half the time this season, and uh, that was not the case this night either, um, or that was not the case this night. Uh, the Kraken scored before the Blues did, so I I think that kind of goes along with what you were saying. Um, and do I think that's an issue or am I excited about that? I don't know. I feel like it's a non-factor either way. And here's why the blues have had two <laughs> full, two games where they're fully healthy. Right. And we lost both of them. But I think, I think one of the reasons that that statistic is the number that it is, is because the blues have had to go with the next man up mentality for the majority of this season. Uh, and I feel like when you call up guys like Nathan Walker and you bring up guys like Mikula uh, towards the beginning of the year, and he's having a fantastic season now, as we know, but you're relying on guys like that. And Logan Brown was a call up at one point and uh, all of these guys, right. To kind of come in, plug in and play. And uh, they're not true, like blue blood NHL or like veterans. Right. And so you have to kind of grind it out and like, there's a learning curve in the NHL and you have to kind of understand like it takes you a little bit of time to like get acclimated to the NHL. So I think um, as like from week to week basis, but also from like game to game basis and maybe even like period to period basis. And so I think having guys like that in your roster creates more of a, a grinding mentality and a come from behind mentality for the St. Louis blues than uh, just going out and enforcing your will, right? Because any like you've got Tarasenko, Braden Shen, David Perron, Colton Pareko, like these are massive names that are out of your lineup right now. So even though you're going into a game against the Seattle Kraken that is near the bottom of their division and the Blues are at the top of their division, you can't necessarily go in with a whole bunch of confidence and be like, we're going to absolutely curb stomp these guys into oblivion because we're the St. Louis blues and we're loaded. Like you're not as much as you still are loaded because it's a deep team. Like those are some huge names to be missing out of the lineup. So when you take that in consideration, I think like we always say, confidence is huge um, 
for this team and for any team in the NHL. And I think it's hard to play with confidence when you have such big names missing out of your roster. So maybe that plays into it. But either way, the Blues are going out and forcing Will and blowing teams out of the water like the Washington Capitals, who we handed their worst loss of the season. And then they're also going out and taking care of business. However, they have to do it against the bottom feeder teams. I think that spells success for this team moving forward. Yeah. uh, One thing that I've said a lot this, this uh, season, if you might call it this, this podcast season, um, even going into the, you know, before the season started, the mark of a good team is that they win games in not only they win games that they're supposed to lose, but they win games in a multitude of different ways. You know, they're not going out and steamrolling every single night. They're not, you know, coming from behind every single night. They're, they're doing it in different ways. And I feel like this past stretch of games, this win streak, they've won in four different ways. You know, the Capitals game was a blowout. Um, Dallas game was something that they were hanging on by the skin of their teeth, had no business winning in regulation, much less or winning at all, much less in regulation uh, comes away with a regulation victory. And then this game, you know, very easy for them to get dejected, nothing really going right. And all of a sudden you, you turn it on for a few minutes in the third period, you come away with a win three different uh, similar, but different, you know, wins that the blues came away with. Uh, And I think it sort of ties into the athletic article that came out, today or yesterday from Jeremy Rutherford, I want to say, uh, talking about the sort of this philosophical approach of this team um, and emphasizing the team aspect of it. And uh, that article talked a lot about how the Blues uh, put a lot of emphasis on not just having one guy, you know, having 12 guys on the, at least as far as forwards go, 12 guys that form a cohesive unit. Um, And I, they, in that article, they showed uh, a list of, I think it was like average ice time between the top nine guys. I want to say, I don't remember off the top of my head, but they showed there was, yeah, there was a, there was a table that showed the ice times between the top nine guys of the, of the blues uh, forward core might even be, might've even been the top 12. Uh, And the thing that stuck out most to me and the reason why it was included in the article was because the top guy who I believe at five, it was five V five ice time. The top guy at five V five ice time was Robert Thomas with 15 minutes of five V five ice time a game. The bottom guy, I don't remember who it was, was at, 12 and a half minutes per game. So the, every one of their forwards, either in the top nine or in, in the entire forward group, I'd have to check the article again to be hundred percent sure, but pretty much every single one of their forwards is playing almost identical minutes at five on five. And that's not to say that, you know, they don't have elite talent, you know, at the top they do. Um, but that's, you know, more power play time and stuff like that. It's they have four lines gas in the tank, right? Exactly. They have three or four lines that they can roll out and not have to say, all right, this is our fourth line. Got to be a little conservative. Got to, you know, hold back a little bit. Every single time that they have a forward group on the ice, that group is, you know, at risk to score um, and also is capable of playing really strong defense as well. And I think that's why uh, the blues have so many come from behind victories is when they're playing teams and, you know, the teams do a good job of shutting down that Jordan Cairo line or the Pavel Buchnevich line or whatever. You can only do so much against a team that is as deep as the St. Louis Blues, and especially when they're running, you know, that much depth. And, you know, you can you can play the the third line just as much as you're playing the first line. You're going to have much fresher legs. Um, and it's it's difficult to defend against that. It's difficult to defend against that many different forward groups, especially when those forward groups play with such different styles. You know, you got the speed and skill of guys like, uh, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, you got the physicality and just strength of a guy like Pavel Buchnevich. You got the, you know, the grind out style of guys like Tyler Bozak, Logan Brown. 
So you can't just go into a game against the St. Louis Blues with one game plan. You have to be extremely strategic and extremely diligent in stopping whatever group is on the ice. And it's just really difficult to do that for 60 consecutive minutes, which brings up an exciting idea of the way that the Blues won the Stanley Cup in 2019 was it was impossible to play against them for seven consecutive games. Right now, the Blues are showing that it's really hard to play against them for 60 minutes. I cannot wait to see what this team is capable of doing to another team in a seven-game series. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure. And I think, I mean, just looking around the league, it's really hard to tell like who even, because there's no clear like front runner for the Stanley Cup right now, I don't think at least, right? Because I mean, usually uh, by this point, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning are just flying way ahead of everybody else. But um, they still look good this season, but they've had some problems with injuries and uh, you know, it, it's going to happen, but I don't think they're as clear cut ahead of, ahead of the pack, uh, as they have been in years prior. The Penguins look like a wagon. Obviously the blues are up there as well. The wild look really good. Co- uh, Colorado obviously is tearing it up. So there's, that's one of the, that's, that's one of the coolest things about the NHL. I feel like, as opposed to other leagues like the MLB and the NFL, especially the NBA, uh, where you never really know, like who's going to come out at the end of the Stanley cup playoffs as uh, the victor and uh, the top team that's going to be raising the trophy. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see, but like you talked about, I think depth is going to be the strong suit of this blues team. I think they're built for a seven game series <clears throat> and they can match up against anybody as we've, as we've kind of seen at times because the Dallas stars are a very defensively bound physical team. Uh, and we went out and beat them. Then you also have like the Edmonton Oilers who are a speed-based team and haven't been playing great lately, obviously. But uh, when when they were an absolute wagon at the beginning of the season, uh, I think that was the game that we lost on like a last-minute goal, I think. It was like 5-4 to four or something. But we're hanging right with them with McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and uh, some of the fastest guys in the league and one of the most um, – capable power plays at that uh you're playing well with those guys too so i don't i don't think there's any team in the nhl that this blues team can't stack up against um it's just a matter of going out and executing um and i think this team will go as far as their defense goes i know we've been saying that all season long but uh and it looks like the last couple of games with the last two games they've let up two goals total so maybe they're figuring it out and maybe the the offense is just kind of sputtering right now, but uh, they'll get some people back, including Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, and that would be huge to boost this offense and uh, get them on the right track. So we'll see if the defense uh, continues to stifle opponents, and we'll see if the offense kind of turns it around, starts blowing people out again. I think that would be a recipe for success. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the defense has definitely been inconsistent for the Blues this season, but one guy uh, in particular that has not been inconsistent is Jordan Cairo so much so that he was named to his first of many all-star games this season. So third segment, we'll be talking all about that, talking about what it means for Jordan Cairo, uh, and just pretty much singing his praises for a full segment. I'm excited. But before we get into that, I want to thank our good friends over at betonline.ag. 
Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So this afternoon today, uh, the NHL unveiled their pretty much completed all-star teams. There's a few open spots for the uh, the last chance votes or whatever, what have you. Uh, but one. You could call it a surprise, maybe not to us, uh, but maybe to the rest of the league, because I still think he's a little underrated. Uh, one surprise name on the list uh, was Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues. Obviously, we saw it coming, like I said, but uh, I was I was still a little bit in shock seeing that name on that list. It feels like both of us have been so hyped on Jordan Cairo even before he joined the St. Louis Blues, back when he was still in Sarnia uh, as a prospect. But, you know, I remember texting back and forth like, oh, man, I'm psyched to see what this Cairo kid can do. Uh, we had him on our podcast, you know, a couple of years back, and he was still not really established. Um, you could tell that he still was getting his, his sea legs under him in terms of just comfort in the NHL and media training and all of that. And, and then here we are in this season. And Jordan Cairo has been named to the all-star team. Oh my God. I'm so excited to watch him play. I'm so happy for him. Uh, what, what does that mean to Jordan Cairo? What does it mean for the St. Louis blues? What does it mean for the blues fans? Give me it all, Tommy. Oh man. I, I, I can't. So I think the knee jerk reaction for every blues fan, uh, is probably what cool, but what, because when you think of an all-star for the St. Louis blues for however many years, the last 10 years, has always been Vladimir Tarasenko, right? And obviously there's been some years in there where he hasn't had the best season. And sometimes he hasn't had the best season and still made it to the All-Star game. So for him to have the season that he's had this season uh, and come up short of the All-Star game, not even make it in as the last man, Robert Thomas is in, in front of him, um, is a little confusing to me, I think. But I think it also kind of... I don't know if the NHL is trying to focus more on speed and agility and like hands and deeks and like flashiness and what's marketable. I think Jordan Cairo's speed, Robert Thomas's playmaking ability and the youth that they have and the personality that they have might be a little bit more marketable than just Vladimir Tarasenko going out there and ripping shots and having like a miles per hour thing pop up as impressive as that would be. And as cool as that would be, I think that might be why the NHL chose Kairou and Robert Thomas. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, put yourself in Jordan Kairou and Robert Thomas's shoes and uh, be like, okay, we have the potential to go to an all-star game with just some of the most elite talent in the NHL, guys that we've been watching since we were knee-high to a grasshopper. Um, and I know in our interviews with both of these guys – and in the interviews that I've watched with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, uh, you can tell that um, beyond like playing and focusing on 
being better themselves. Uh, they're both just fans of the game. I mean, there was that interview uh, that Jordan Cairo had, I think it was with the athletic where uh, he said he would just watch like hours and hours of Pavel Datsuk and try to figure out like what he does with his hands and his uh, stick handling ability. Uh, and I'm sure Robert Thomas has those stories as well. I can't, I, I could not be more happy for two individuals on this team uh, than I am for Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyrie right now. Yeah, I, I think um, it's it's great for them. It's great for great time for the Blues. You know, we talked about the youth movement of this team taking over. Uh, I also and- sorry to cut you off, but yeah, I also real I really fingers crossed. Hope to God, I would assume that they would do this. But can you imagine Jordan Cairo in like the fastest skater competition? Oh, it's got to like, happen. Burning, it's got to happen. Like, I, I, and I don't think he's not going to beat McDavid, right? But like, just even he might like like how how close they are. He might like I would I would just be sitting at home and be like, he was how many seconds off of McDavid? And this guy, Look, it'll be. I, I remember like, okay, he's four seconds or not four seconds, but like a ton of seconds off, and you're like, wow, McDavid's insane, or he's not that far off, and you're like, oh wow, <laughs> Kyra's gonna be nasty. I remember reading an article um, talking about Jordan Cairo pretty much right after the, when the Blues drafted him or whatever. When McDa- whenever McDavid was you know, making his impact on the league and Jordan Cairo was still a prospect, um, there was an article that talked about Jordan Cairo's strengths. And I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but it basically the scout or reporter or whatever uh, said something along the lines of there is one hockey player in the world who has comparable skating to Connor McDavid and his name is Jordan Cairo. Um, and that's not me saying that as a biased blues fan. I remember that quote specifically because I read that quote. I was like, okay, yeah, I cannot wait to see this guy play for the blues. Um, and then sure enough, he shows up and he's everything as advertised. I'm so excited to see him in that fastest skater competition, like you said, but what a better format uh, than the three V three tournament for Jordan Cairo to show off his skills. I'm so excited. And hopefully Robert Thomas makes it too. Um, that's on everyone, me and you and me, Tommy, but also everyone listening. Uh, all Blues fans, vote for Robert Thomas as much as physically possible. He deserves to be there. How cool would that be to have Thomas and Kairou both on the friends Central the Division pod. All-Star team? Oh, my God. Friends of the pod. Oh, I think that's we probably what they, that's probably what they would talk about, you know? Would, yeah, exactly. I bet if they both got nominated, Jordan Kairou would go up to Robert Thomas and be like, man, well, uh, well, can you believe that do? both of us have been on Locked On Blues and we made the All-Star team? That's what I'm saying. And then what we should do, actually, is when – so it's going to be the all-star break. And so after, whenever they have downtime, you know, I'm sure there'll be a ton of downtime when the all-star game in there. Get them back. They're, yeah. No, no, not when they're back, when they're down there. And they no, got like, the get Vegas them back on here. Blue. Yeah. Get them. We'll do a dual pod with both oh, of them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Get the, <laughs> get the quad incredible. box going. Me and you in that'd the top. Tyler and Tom are in the sick. bottom. That'd be so Oh, sick. that'd be great. That'd be great. Well, Unfortunately, that's not going to happen today because that is all the time we have. My computer is giving me the low battery warning, so probably should wrap this one up. But I wanted to thank everyone out there so much for listening. It was a heck of a game tonight. Uh, But any future games we'll have covered for you here on the Lockdown Blues Podcast, so make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Just past 100 subscribers. Super exciting stuff there. Hopefully first of many, many milestones for that channel. We're really enjoying this YouTube stuff. It feels like it's definitely rejuvenated the Lockdown Blues podcast experience um, for sure. Follow us on all of our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter. Oh, I b- messed that up. There you go. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. 
Follow Tommy on Twitter. Oh, he first try. Follow Tommy on Twitter at twelcher15. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.